Amen. Aren't you glad we're a church that's going to be singing to Jesus in the next generation like that? That was wonderful. Open your Bibles, if you would, with me to Luke 15 as we continue in the Lord's story this morning. And we hear from Luke 15, verses 17 to 24. Now, hear the word of the Lord. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would gather with us, Lord, by your spirit, that we can hear from you, that we can understand this tale that you, Lord Jesus, told so long ago, that we can know your love this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, how many of you live on a hill? Yeah, if you drop a tennis ball, you just forget about it. When you live on a hill and you go for a walk, you have to make a decision right away. You're either going to walk up the hill or down the hill. And if you decide to walk down the hill, you have to remember, every step you take, you're going to have to go just as far back up. That's especially true on a bicycle, I find. My family uh, and I, we took a walk in our new neighborhood in July, and as we walked out the door, I could see that the, the clouds were starting to darken a little bit. But we were walking and talking, and I was not willing to turn around. I was invested. And then the storm came. First the wind, then the rain, then the thunder, and then the lightning. And so there we were, me with Liam on my back, running as fast as we could, sprinting for home, getting soaked, just trying to get in the door before we were struck by lightning and changed into bacon bits. (laughs) My family and I walk a lot together, and now every time we, we go outside the door, my boy Liam looks up at the clouds. Sometimes the hardest part is getting back home. Sometimes the hardest part is getting back home. We left our hero last week in the pig pen. Uh, actually, he's, he's not really our hero, is he? The hero is the father, or actually the hero is God, if you want, if you want to go there. But, but here he sits in the fruit of his rebellion, in the product of his disobedience. Uh, a Jewish man far from home, penniless, hopeless, feeding pigs in a distant country. And he needs to get home, but it's not going to be easy. 
Have you ever felt like it is all up to you to get yourself home to God? Have you ever felt like it's all up to you to make up for the mistakes, to to fix all the wrongs, to get out of this hole and get yourself home? It's all up to me. Have you ever felt like it's all up to you to make yourself a Christian, to make yourself Christian, like becoming Christian is a, a lifestyle choice among all the lifestyle choices, and I need to decide to be holy and change myself into this new thing. Here's what I want you to know this morning. Coming home to God is not a self-makeover project. Coming home to God is not about making yourself into a new thing. Home is where you belong. Holy is who you are. Home is where you belong. Holy is who you are. How did we get here? Remember last week, the rebellion. Can you imagine being around that kitchen table? Hey, Dad, hey, big bro, we need to have a talk. Oh, what is it, son? Well, when you die, I get an inheritance, right? Yeah. Give it. Well, what do you mean? Are you in trouble? Do you need money? What's going on? I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Where are you going? Away. I hate you. I'm leaving. I'm going to take a shot that some of us in the room know exactly what that moment feels like when a child turns away. And what do you do? How are you supposed to respond? I think I would smack the kid. (laughs) Wouldn't you? But the father splits the farm. He holds a fire sale of the estate. Can you imagine the conversations with neighbors? Well, what's happening? What's happening? He has to say, my son wants to leave. That's how the father responds. Now, I have to say, again, this is not advice. This is not a strategy. It's a parable. It is very difficult to find the wise and loving way forward with a disobedient child. This might not be it. But in this story, the father sacrifices and allows the disobedience. And you know that we live in a culture right now that would celebrate the son, would celebrate the son for that decision. How bold we would say, how brave, how courageous. You stand, don't let that father run your life. You go out and define yourself. You get what you want. All the actors handing out Oscars would celebrate that story. Brave and bold. Some of you, you know, young people are thinking, oh yeah, wait till I can get that college funded. I'm out of here, right? So off he goes. He runs to the far country. He runs off in his disobedience. And often, friends, we go right there with him. We run from God when we don't believe he has our best interest at heart. So we run away. You don't know what I need, God. You don't know who I am. You don't know what satisfies me. So we run from God and we go off 
into the far country. But home is where you belong, and holy is who you are. When you're in the far country, you try to satisfy yourself. You try to make yourself something to prove you're a success, to prove you're worthy, that you're worthy to be valued. You want to feel important. The young man wanted to feel important. And they said, sure, you can feel important. Just put your money on the table. You'll be the most important guy here. The young man wanted to feel loved. Oh, sure. You can feel loved. Just put your money on the table. The young man wanted to know friendship. Oh, I'll be your friend. I'll be your best friend. Just put your money on the table. So long as we have resources to impress We can feel good. But eventually he reaches into his pocket and there's nothing there. There's nothing left. I have nothing left. I have nothing left with which to impress you. I have nothing left to ingratiate myself to you. I have nothing to give you to turn your eyes, to turn your heart, your head toward me. I've spent it all. There's nothing left. And then Jesus gives us this painful note in verse 16 from last week. No one gave him anything. I thought we were friends. See, none of it was real. He spent all he had, but it wasn't real. It wasn't real love. It wasn't real laughter. It wasn't real friendship. It wasn't Real. It was a transaction for a feeling that's it. How long do we want to spend in the far country before we turn for home? And you know I'm not talking geography here. I'm talking about where you are with God. How long will you spend in the far country before you turn home for God and join in a loving and genuine community of faith? How long? Look at verse 16 from last week. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Do you know what that means? He's feeding the pigs pods. We think Jesus means seed pods, like from a carob tree, something that a pig can chew up and eat and digest, but a human can't. And he's looking at the pigs eating this stuff, and he realizes that he's gotten so low, he's so hungry, he's so far from who he's supposed to be. He looks at these pigs eating these pods and he realizes he's thinking, I wish I was one of them. I wish I was a pig. There's a poetic lyric in a song that I love. We are swimming with the snakes at the bottom of the well so silent and peaceful in the darkness where we fell. But we are not snakes. And what's more, we never will be. If we stay swimming here forever, we will never be free. We are not snakes. We are not pigs. How long will you sit in the dark of the well? How long will you wallow in the mud with the pigs? That's not 
you. So brave, the world says, so bold to flee, find yourself. That's not you. It isn't real. Every attempt, every inclination you have had to go find yourself apart from God, it's not real. It's not who you are. Home is where you belong. Holy is who you are. Somewhere in the back of his mind, you see, he remembers, I'm not a pig. I'm not a snake. I'm a son. I am my father's son. Somewhere in his conscious or subconscious mind, there's a voice that's calling out to him, my child, my son, my daughter, come home. So we get this moment in verse 17, this profound moment, just a phrase. It sounds more like something out of Socrates or Plato. Just this little phrase was enough to inspire Sorkin Kierkegaard to establish the existentialism school of philosophy. Just this phrase. Verse 17, when he came to his senses or, or closer to the Greek, a better translation, when he came to himself, when he came to himself. What distance is there between who you're pretending to be right now and who you really, truly are? When he came to himself, he realized, this isn't me. I'm not a snake. I'm not a pig. I am my father's son. He realized his true self and he said, I will arise and go to my father. I was watching The Voice last week, great little show. And you get these uh, snippets of the lives of the performers before they come on stage. And one of them interviewed a dad. And the dad came out and said, yeah, great boy. He's a great boy. He's always sung. He went through this punk rock phase. And then they showed pictures of him in the punk rock phase. And he says, my mother and I, we were just sitting in the living room listening. And we couldn't believe the noises, the sounds, the shrieks, you know, that he was making with his friends in this band in the garage. It was just awful. I had no idea my boy could even make noises like that. And eventually I grabbed him and I, I just said to him, son, I don't know who you are trying to be, but that just ain't you. And they, the man comes out on stage and he sings this beautiful crooning country song in front of all the judges, which they loved. I'm not sure that's really him either, but he's on the right track. So, the return. When he came to his senses, verse 17, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out. Go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. 
Was it genuine? Was it a ploy? It's hard to read the motivations of his heart, of the character and the story at this point. It seems that he has a plan to get back to the Father and work his way back into the Father's good favor. He has a, a plan to pay off his debt. He's not quite ready to throw himself at the mercy of the Father and just be joyfully forgiven. He says, I still have something to offer. I can work my way back in. I can prove my value. I can prove my worth. It'll take time, but I'll pay off my debt myself. He has a plan. He memorizes a speech. Do you ever feel like it's all up to you to make yourself a Christian? Do you ever feel like it's all up to you to get yourself home to God? Let me tell you the truth. You don't have the shoe leather to walk your way from where you are back to the Father. It just isn't about you working your way back into the Father's favor. It just isn't about that. I love this uh, signature work of our collection, Edward Riojas, The Prodigal Son. And do you see what's on the, the prodigal son's shoulder there? You see what's kind of right behind him, pecking him along the way? It's a white dove. It's the Holy Spirit. No matter how far you are from God, no matter how far away, God is with you. And he has the strength. He has the strength to lift you up out of the dark well. He has the strength to lift you up out of the the muddy uh, pig pen. He has the strength and the power to carry you, to carry you all the way home, all the way home. Home is where you belong. Holy is who you are. Don't run away from God to find your truth. He is your truth. He is your life, and he is your way of salvation. C.S. Lewis wrote once, progress means getting nearer to the place you want to be, and if you've taken a wrong turn, then to go forward does not get you any nearer. If you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. And in that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive man. If you're on the wrong road, if you're on the wrong train, it doesn't do you any good to turn around and run down the corridor and jump car to car. You need to get off that train and turn around and turn back to God. And what happens? And maybe this is the most moving, most profound, most beautiful part of the whole thing, isn't it? He turns for home. Look at verse 20. The father is waiting and watching. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, he was still a long way off, his father saw him. He was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, 
quick. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. He didn't ask the boy, you know, would you like a robe? No, he says, put the robe on the boy. He didn't ask the boy, would you like a ring on your feet? He says, put the ring on his finger. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this son of mine was dead. He's alive again. He was lost. And he's found. And they began to celebrate. Turn to the Father. Turn to God. And you will see he has already turned to you. In fact, he never turned away. His love is for you. His heart longs to see you coming home. He longs to embrace you with his love. See the father running toward his lost son? That's God running toward you with love and with grace. The son has this speech, this plan. The words never even fall from his lips the way he's going to work to put himself right with his father. The words don't even fall from his lips. You're home. You're home. I have you. You're where you belong. That's all that matters. You're home. Angels are singing in heaven. God is rejoicing and smiling over you in love. Home is where you belong. Holy is who you are. And now... Now you are free. Let's begin to celebrate. Ever feel like it's all up to you to make yourself Christian? I'm going to make myself Christian, we say. Like going to the gym. Like learning a, a language. I'm going to make myself a Latin scholar. How many, how many times have I told my, woke up and told myself that? Let me tell you a secret. I am no Latin scholar. We think we have to make ourselves Christian. And it feels as far, it feels as distant as reading Latin. We look at the mature Christian disciples around us. The way, a, the way an addict looks at the 20 years sober. We say, how? How did you get there? How, how did you find the power? And we don't believe them when they turn to us and say, it wasn't my power. Day by day, step by step, hour by hour, I gave myself into the hands of my loving Savior, Jesus Christ, and he carried me home. Listen, you need to turn. You need to turn your heart and meet Jesus. Resolve to stop the rebellion and begin the return. But you don't need to make yourself anything. Home is where you belong. Holy Holy, not, not perfect, not holy, meaning saved, redeemed, made holy by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Holy is who you are. Stop trying to find yourself apart from God in all these false promises. God loves you. He wants what's best for you. He knows how to make you who you truly are. 
You belong at home with him and in his love. This morning, there's just one application to this sermon. There's only one thing that I want you to do. I want you to see the arms of the loving Father rushing towards you in love. I want you to know the welcome of his love. You are welcome. You're welcome here. You belong. See the arms of the loving Father. Feel the love of his embrace. Taste the sacrifice prepared for you. Hear the music of celebration and and join in the dance of salvation. Home is where you belong. Holy is who you truly are. Accept the embrace. Welcome the arms of the Father. Lean into the love. You are home. Lord our God, the time that has passed is enough for me to go chasing false promises and disobedience. The time that has passed is enough for us to wallow in the mud wondering who we are meant to be, it's enough. So Lord Jesus, in your grace and mercy, turn my heart for home. Help me walk into your welcome. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at first-prez.org.